From Washington, this is Talking Tax. I'm David Schultz. So if you're listening to this in the U.S. and you're listening on the day this podcast comes out, Thursday, July 15th, take a look at your bank account. You might notice a couple extra hundred bucks in there courtesy of Uncle Sam. That money is the new advanced child tax credit, and it was a huge part of the COVID relief bill Democrats passed through Congress shortly after President Biden took office. It's kind of a relatively novel idea in the tax policy world because it gives that money out in portions every month rather than waiting until tax filing season to give it all out in one lump sum. As of now, this is a one-time experiment for the IRS, but Democrats in Congress are looking to make this a regular thing. And to learn more about this, we called up Susan Del Bene, a congresswoman from Washington State and the number two Democrat on the House Ways and Means Committee. Del Bene spoke with Bloomberg Tax's Kostuv Basu, about why her party pushed for this measure in the COVID relief bill and why she thinks the next step is to make it permanent. This is the largest federal investment we make in our kids. And yet um, we had so many children across the country who are left behind um, and the pandemic has only made it worse. So we have an incredible opportunity with this expanded child tax credit and monthly payments, getting out to families, helping them as they as their bills come up, helping them day-to-day right now. And um, so I'm excited to see those checks come out to help families, but this is good short-term policy for helping folks come out of the pandemic, but it's even more important long-term policy because we can cut childhood poverty across the country in half if we make this policy permanent, which is something that I'm fighting for. Can, Can you talk about this a little bit? We've heard this a lot. It cuts childhood poverty in half, like, you know, Give us a sense of what you've heard from the experts. Well, actually, um, that's one thing that's been so important about the child tax credit is there's been a ton of studies on the impact of expanding the child tax credit and getting resources out to families. We know that we have over 66 million lower and middle income children whose families would benefit from the child tax credit. Um, if we the studies have shown that many families were left behind and because their parents didn't make enough money to receive the full tax credit. So that's why in the American Rescue Plan, we um, made the, uh, the child tax credit refundable, which means even if you don't have a tax burden, um, it, we would make sure you got the rest of the money um, sent to you. And then we put in place these monthly payments because we know that you don't just have issues in terms of needing to pay bills at the end of the year when you settle your taxes, you have you need to pay your bills every month. So the, the ability to get um, checks out to families right away is critically important. Um, helping families who to buy things like diapers and groceries and pay the rent, all of that is also a critical part of what um, families need to get by, not just during the pandemic, but to lift children out of poverty. And we know children don't just grow up in a year or five years, and that's why it's so important that we make this permanent because we give our kids an incredible chance. So just kind of following up on that question, uh, right now the expanded credit is limited to a year. What is the plan to get a long-term or permanent extension in place uh, in time for you know when this expires? Well, we're working on it right now. Um, yeah, I asked the president early this year if he supported making the child tax the expansion permanent, and he said yes. 
Um, there's a leaders in the Senate, including Senators Booker, Brown, and Bennett, who are leading the effort to make it permanent in the Senate, Senate, and myself and Congresswoman Rosa DeLauro and Richie Torres are working hard to make it permanent um, at, through the House. But we have strong support. Chairman Neal on the Ways and Means Committee supports making it permanent, and it's part of the Building an Economy for Families um, proposal that the chairman put out from the Ways and Means Committee and it needs to be something that families know is going to be there and can rely on. Uh, the Biden administration favors an extension of the credit through 2025, when a host of other tax incentives are scheduled to expire. Could you live with that approach? Well, I the reason I want to make it permanent is because we know that um, that if it's not permanent, you don't know what could happen when that time comes up to reauthor, to move it forward, to re-up the expansion. Um, so I always worry about that in the sense of a temporary expansion. What will Congress look like? Will folks keep that going? And can families rely on it? Because um, we know that a child doesn't grow up in just five years either. And so we're going to fight to make it permanent now because I think we have a historic opportunity. We have the support and um, and that way, we um, we really provide that certainty to families. Uh, and so we're pushing for permanence. Um, I appreciate that um, folks are trying to make sure that it continues, but I think permanence is the thing that's most secure for families and the best, really gives us the best results as a country um, because we have so many policies where people aren't sure if they're gonna be um, continued or not. And that certainty is so important for folks to know that they can count on it. So one estimate by the Tax Foundation says that the cost of expanding the credit would be $1.6 trillion over a decade. In your eyes, what is the best way to offset that cost? Well, first, let me say that um, people don't take into account the cost of not providing the expanded child tax credit, the cost of child poverty throughout our country, the cost of families struggling to get by, um, there's a huge cost there. And um, in fact, Columbia University looked and said that um, for every dollar that we invest in the child tax credit, we'd save $8 um, in other expenses along the way, whether it's healthcare, education, um, in terms of opportunities for kids. So um, so there's a child poverty right now costs us about $1.1 trillion a year. So this investment makes a huge difference and actually and save us money. Um, we have to look at how we, from a legislative standpoint, we have to look at um, how we, how the numbers come out. Part of that will be determined um, when we look at uh, kind of what the budget resolutions look like, et cetera, in terms of what we look at going forward and moving um, the act, writing and, and moving the actual legislation. Um, but all of the things that we've talked about in terms of how we look at potential um, changes to taxes, et cetera, to help support the efforts that we're putting in the American Families Plan or in the American Jobs Plan are going to be things that we're going to work on in the Ways and Means Committee. Um, so there has been some concern for some families that this switch to a monthly credit would actually lead them to owe the IRS money when they file their taxes come next spring. What do you think the best strategy is to address that? And do you think the IRS messaging on this issue has been effective? 
So um, families can opt out of monthly checks if they prefer not to get them. And I encourage everyone to go to childtaxcredit.gov, um, which is the site put up with all the information. Um, and there are, you can also go there and opt out of monthly checks if you'd prefer not to receive them. So that information available, there's other information on the child tax credit available there, but um, folks can opt out who have concerns like the ones you address and would prefer not to get a monthly check. Are there any more changes to the structure of the credit that you want to pursue in the future just to make it more streamlined maybe? Um, well, I think uh, making sure that uh, we have monthly checks that go throughout the year because we're starting mid-year, there'll be checks that go July through the December on the, the, the payments that start coming out now. Um, and then the rest of the benefit would come when you file your 2021 taxes in 2022. Uh, but uh, ideally, the scenario would be that those monthly checks would happen every month, and this would be um, handled on an ongoing basis. Um, we're working hard to make sure that people are aware, especially those who have been previously left out of benefiting from the child tax credit, um, those with the lowest incomes, um, to make sure that they're aware that of this benefit, to make sure that they're signed up and we're gonna work hard. And a lot of that work happening now will extend as we uh, would, would extend into uh, the child tax credit, um, as it's it, it is it made permanent, that infrastructure that's there right now, getting the checks out, the information, um, all of the work we're doing now um, really helps lay the groundwork for the extended, expanded child tax credit. Um, we keep it going. They, all that work that's happened now really lays the groundwork for the long-term future. So um, I think we can look at uh, look at just making sure that people have all the information they need, but the work that we're doing now, I think is the critical work to, to set things up. People know where to go, get the information they need, start getting their checks. And then our job is to make sure we can keep that policy going um, after this year. Right. Any closing thoughts on this journey? Because you know it's been several years, uh, you finally have the checks going out, uh, like you, know, you had envisioned. So what, what's on your mind? Sweet. You know, this is really is a historic um, the the expanded child tax credit in the American Rescue Plan was historic. Um, this is really about lifting children across our country out of poverty, helping families. Um, and there are so many stories of families who struggled before the pandemic, even more during the pandemic, um, that I'm it, that's what is really inspiring to me to know the difference we're going to make across the country, the opportunities that we're going to give to kids as a result. So I'm excited to see this start and I'm going to work really, really hard to make sure we keep it permanent. That was Congresswoman Susan Delvane, a Democrat from Washington, speaking with Bloomberg Taxes Kostuv Basu. You can find up to the minute news on the latest tax and accounting developments at our website, news.bloombergtax.com. That website, once again, is news.bloombergtax.com. And if you have any thoughts about what you just heard or anything else, get in touch with us on Twitter. We use the handle at tax. Talking Tax is produced by myself, David Schultz. Patrick Ambrosio is our editor. And our executive producer is Josh Block. From Washington, I'm David Schultz. Thanks for listening. For our next season of Uncommon Law, we're looking at the regulatory future of big tech. The giants need to be broken up. Facebook, Google, all of them. Is big tech impinging on your right to free speech? 
They've had unchecked power to censor, restrict, edit, shape, hide, alter. Misinformation, disinformation. It's like a big Venn diagram. We do not want to become the arbiters of truth. We're calling this series Unchecked. Just search for Uncommon Law wherever you get your podcasts.